Hi, I'm Rich. And I'm Ruben. And welcome to Clarity, where we discuss the ideas and experiences that shape how we think and live. And this is our first recording and our first episode of 2021. Yes, and we thought it would be better, but so far things are getting really, really, really interesting. My New Year's resolution is to stop assuming things will be better in the new year. That's my New Year's resolution. Well, it, it is really good to not have expectations about things. Uh, for the most part, expectations are uh, really what kills us in terms of when things happen or not happen according to those expectations. But let's be honest, uh, we all have expectations and we yeah. had expectation that this next year or the year that we're living right now would be better. But this first week, this first 10 days were really, really interesting. And I use the word interesting when I have no words to explain. So yeah the um you know i think ruben and i we we'd be remiss and you know if you didn't want to mention this we edited this out um we'd be remiss not to mention that five individuals have passed away due to what anyone would agree was a very unruly and unfortunate event in which um individuals um Directed on, directed by a prominent leader in our country, um, with zip ties and such, looking and calling out for, um, of rightly elected representatives by name, threatening their staff. Um, yeah, you know, taking taking stealing looting, um, the podium for the for the set for the House representatives and um, taking documents and computers with them. Uh, yeah. Regardless of your political affiliation, you can agree that this is not normal. And uh, and this is what happens when sometimes we let our feelings take the best of, of us. And I I totally was appalled by, by the, the reaction of people sometimes. And, and this also is a big uh, demonstration of the power of fear. Um, and what fear can do to people, uh, like both love and fear are great motivators for things. And if you're motivated by fear, uh, you can unite people in fear and arguably even faster than uniting them in, in the, with love, but it's like a flame that just goes fast, but there, the consequences can be really devastating as we saw. And uh we were actually not intending to have this start of uh, of the episode but so, um if you it out know, if you don't want it no no it needs to be in man i think it needs to okay. be in and um for real like um we are by no means like politicians or people up there but we are just citizens that are really wanting to have a better community and um better understanding and and also as christians we are we're called to, to, you know, to seek mercy, seek justice, justice, and and try to do it and the better way. Uh, there's a there's a better way, of course. But yeah, well, um, 2021. Uh, I I am like two days ago was my birthday. Um, woot woot! Yep. Happy birthday, uh, old man! I'm not ashamed to say that I'm 29 now. Um, and Rich, if was I was visiting. 29, I'd be ashamed. Yeah, uh, wait till next month. Wait oh till next boy. month. Oh boy. Go yeah. Ahead. And I got like two really nice gifts from you, Rich. I really appreciate you uh getting me uh Funko Pops and 
for those who don't know who Funko Pops are, like, I don't know what rock you have been hiding. Um, uh, but yeah, I got two Funko Pops and then yesterday we went to Target and we got a third one. Um, so I'm starting to, to get a small collection. Thanks to Rich. My pleasure. I'm actually going to try and do a brief count. Three, six, nine, 12, 15. I have 17 Funko Pops, I think. Mm-hmm. And number 17 arrived today. Awesome. Darth Maul. I yeah. see it. Yeah. I see it. I got it on pre-order through Target and um, sent to the house here. And he's in Star Wars number 410 and Star Wars 409. Ahsoka Tano will be coming wow. next week. So, well, pretty excited. Pretty cool. And also, guy. I think like 2021, it's the year for Star Wars fans. I think there's going to be like really cool content coming in 2022 as well. So, Bad Batch I, and all that. Yeah, there's many, many things happening. But, um, yeah, there's many things happening during these 10 days of um, January, right now in January 11th, uh, day that we're recording in. And I'm glad to say that we are now in episode 30, Rich. Somehow we made it to episode 30 of our podcast. <laughs> uh, Somehow. We, yeah, and we're here. And thank you guys for listening. I'm really excited for our 30th um, episode. I'm not excited to turn 30 years old. That's going to be next year, but I'm excited for the 30th episode. And uh, we decided to make this episode about a really interesting topic. Indeed. And you know, it's relevant to the fact that you are 29 and I'm not looking forward to being 29 and we're both not looking forward to being 30. And I think that apprehension about reaching an age like that, leaving our 20s, is certainly connected to this, this tension that exists in the, certainly in my mind, it seems in your mind and perhaps in the mind of others, at least those in North America, um, this concept of being an adult. Yes. Uh, the concept of no longer being quote unquote young and the responsibilities, expectations um, that come along with that. So today we're going to discuss. In this episode, we're going to be discussing how becoming an adult seems to be the main focus of our whole childhood, but that when we actually reach this destination, we struggle to meet a series of expectations. And so today we're going to be focusing on how expectations can be our enemy in our adulting process, while at the same time balancing out the fact that um, there is an appropriate level of expectation, you know, there is an appropriate standard. And so today we're going to be talking about trying to part between the appropriate and the inappropriate regarding, um, expectations, either internal or external for being an adult. So go, so Ruben, what is adulting? Did you define adulting for it? Hmm. Adulting, um, uh, adulting. Quick Google search. The practice of behaving in a way characteristic of a responsible adult, especially the accomplishment of mundane but necessary tasks. Here's the the example. It feels really good to take a step back from adulting and have someone else cook dinner for me. Perfect Mm. example. 
So I think that adulting, it's like a process that uh, takes place where you realize that you need to start paying for your own bills. You need to do your own shopping. Uh, you need to uh, worry about uh, your life goals and uh, what are you going to do with your life? Um, paying taxes yourself, um, uh, like getting your own gas for your own car, getting your own car if, if yours breaks down. And it varies from families to families. Like there are families that are able to help um, kids or adolescents that are uh, through like teenage years. Uh, mm -hmm. But there are some uh, teens that they need to really work uh, and really hard in order to get things for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really like a relative term. But at some point of our lives, we have to um, face this process, uh, at least in a healthy um, and by healthy, I'm not, I don't mean perfect, but healthy, um, growth, you know, it's part of healthy growth to be independent, um, and then to be interdependent with, with a spouse. But, uh, but first I feel that the first part of adulting is to, to slowly detach yourself from others and, and start realizing that you have capabilities that God gave you in order mm -hmm. to, uh, use them for, uh, keep growing and potentially just grow, grow, grow until, yeah, you, you, you fulfill your purpose. Hmm. Interesting. So for you, you see adulting as, um, being responsible to take care of oneself independent, it seems of parents, and then in a responsible independent way, eventually with a spouse. Yeah. 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 And I so, might even argue that it's not only like when we say, when we talk about responsible adult, we usually think in the, in the way of money, which we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. but I feel like, uh, we need to consider the emotional side, uh, mm. the, the spiritual side as well, like adulting uh, emotionally, spiritually, mm. uh, adulting, socially adulting. Like there's other aspects that only, they're only about like, oh yeah, he's paying his bills for himself. Now he's an adult. And that's the, the term that we usually use, you know? But I feel it's more than that. Yeah, sorry. I think I cut you. Nope. We're gone. No, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> oh, darn it. Well, in first Corinthians, so clearly, you know, should this expectation or this understanding, this standard that there should be a transition in some way from mm -hmm. um, a child situation to an adult situation, um, and you know you're right to bring up how there can be differences. Unfortunately, um, when you have individuals who, from childlike age, have had to have adult level responsibilities, whether um, it's also the responsibilities and more the they've been abused and thus they've had to deal with trauma that's not fit for any human being, let alone an adult. And maybe a child has to do that because they've been abused physically or emotionally and or otherwise. Or perhaps um, due to the busyness of a single parent or both parents, maybe that child had to, in some ways, raise and take um, very major responsibilities, too much responsibility for their psyche, at least, um, mm -hmm. for their siblings, where they felt like they were raising them like a parent. Um, or people in my life have expressed this, or people <laughs> on TV shows I've watched who, who have felt yeah. that way, um, yeah. you know fake sitcoms and everything but in first corinthians 13 11 there's this passage you may have heard before i'll read the new international version when i was a child 
I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So there seems to be a mentality, a way of doing things that needs to be in transition from childhood to adulthood. Um, there's an aspect to which a, a version of a childlike mentality that Jesus had, I, he idealizes, right? And says, mm-hmm. um, you know, that we need to come to him as little children, requiring a dependence, a reliance, a faith, a trust. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I struggle to multitask, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I can't really, you know, text and talk at the same time. <laughs> All right. So the thing is, um, I feel that adulting is, it, it looks different in many cultures. It looks different in many um, places, even even among like Americans. It looks different as the factors that I just I just shared. So the, the situation right now that we're going to talk is that sometimes expectations can be deceiving. Uh, as you just said, like even the Bible, if we look at the Bible, sometimes we even feel that there's expectations about life. And, and sometimes the Bible is not supposed to put you like bars for you to feel like anxiety about this, you know, um, like what makes an adult and like what what makes a person an adult is the question you know what what does what, what does it when do you really fully call yourself an adult people celebrate when they get their driver's license uh people celebrate when they're 21 and they get like the the big boy or big girl id and um people also celebrate when you're done with your career like when you're undergrad but um it, it, what what makes adult an adult like what what makes a person an adult I mean, what what do you think rich yeah so with this difference in expectation um, and where we get our expectations, it's important for us to assess and question how healthy and how appropriate these expectations are. Growing up, you know, I always look forward to the day where I would be a grown-up. I'd have a real job. I'd be, quote-unquote, an adult then. Everything I did, from elementary to undergrad through seminary and my education, all the decisions I made requiring expenses and debt and loans and um, whether or not I'd be working during a break or relaxing, oftentimes working, um, they were built and I would do these things and I would go under these sacrifices with the understanding that I was making it possible for me in the future to have my degree, have my diploma, have my education and uh, have less debt to pay, but be able to pay off that debt. All of this with the expectation that my degrees would enable me to get the, to qualify in addition to all the other, and I would work really hard in addition to my schooling, to have all the do all this extra, extra, extra work, extra, extra responsibilities, extra, extra clubs and stuff to be built up and to be seen as built up to have that job. Um, so much so that there are a lot of expectations of peace and fulfillment and tranquility that my job would provide for me since I sacrificed so much to get that job. Um, mm. That it. I sacrificed a lot over many years to be in the pastoral position I am in today. Um, it can feel underwhelming when you get that position in light of that pie-in-the-sky um, ideal you put in your head that you were working towards when you were sweating out, when you were sacrificing, when you're doing this. And if I look at all this, uh, that, that becomes an issue for me, that I sacrifice so much but for what? Because, you know, to, there's some unhealthy expectations I had 
towards what the pastoral ministry would be that I was willing to sacrifice for. <laughs> yeah. And I have to come with terms of that as an adult now. But yeah. Ruben, um, I, you were I talking totally about re- timing. Go ahead. Yeah. You want to react? I, I resonate with you because um, um, I felt like adulting was for me just um, a goal list that I needed to accomplish by this age, you know? Mm. And I had these expectations even for ministry, you know, I'll, I'll uh, finish my undergrad by the age of 20. I'll finish my master's by the age of 23. I'll even finish my doctorate by the age of 27. And I'll, I'll get married soon. I'll, I'll be on the fast track for success. I'll, I'll have uh, many things accomplished by so like uh, at so young age, you know, like, like, like if that was some kind of um, like way of making me feel better than other people. And I was just taking pride in me being so young and me being so many, I mean, like accomplishing so many things was the way, you know, was my way, was something that was really specific to me. And I put expectations in those things. And uh, as you said, also, I, I, I also made some sacrifices in terms of like really not, it's not that I didn't enjoy life during college, but I was really just using that as a stepping stone uh, to to a different uh different level of like of my life and and i didn't enjoy it because i I didn't enjoy it in a social level i guess i was really not enjoying it in a social level i I just thought it was just a transitional period and in my attitude defined that so I, i put so many sacrifices that um like that those five years because in peru you study five years and undergrad is five years uh pass so fast and at the same time so slow that uh, I got a little burned out and I started working. And then um, one year into working, I decided to move uh, to the U.S. because my, my girlfriend was living uh, here and now she's my wife. And and then another another stage started. I started to work really hard because grades were important. And, and I realized that, you know, like adulting was becoming for me... Um, uh, just a goal list you know like mm-hmm. let's do this and the sooner that we finish it the better so we'll be in an advantage uh we will have an advantage over other people and, and that's going to be like a big asset you know and mm-hmm. and i realized life is not a competition man like adulting is not even a competition um because mm-hmm. in if it would be a competition you're gonna get really discouraged uh, by knowing that there's people that are going to be younger than you and more accomplished than you and also you're going to feel really uh prideful and like really selfish thinking that you are better than x amount of people because you did it sooner than them uh that that uh those thoughts were really not helping i don't think they were christ-like i don't think they were helping Mm -hmm. me to have a healthy uh growth and as soon as i noticed that and i realized that hey life is not about that you know like Life, it's about enjoying a journey with your beloved ones, with your friends. And adulting is a beautiful experience where you see yourself maturing. And actually, the older you are, sometimes it's the better. Like, uh, just understanding a little bit about psychology, you realize that uh, most people, uh, not up to the age of 25, they finish developing their prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. And the prefrontal cortex... uh, it's just, I'm not by no means like a, a 
a person that is professional in the matter, but I love psychology. Um, the prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain that actually makes the rational thoughts and decisions. And, and it's like the brain at work for, for decisions that are like rational and stable. And this is why, like, when we're kids and when we're teenagers, we're crazy because our amygdalas, uh, which is also another part of our, our brain, are, like, just trying to make things for a thrill. And mm. and sometimes we don't regulate that uh, and we don't have the development. We're not developed. We may have the 21-year-old uh, ID, uh, but we think that with that we're already adults. But in a biological sense, like uh, adulting, even it's like up to 25, some people 27 years. And, and, and that's in, during those years are so crucial because so many like um, uh, struggles develop, addictions develop, and, and that doesn't let the, the prefrontal cortex to work. Um, so yes, and, and the bottom line, uh, adulting is beautiful. Uh, my view of adulting was unhealthy. And if you're listening right now, uh, the sooner that you get out of the, the, the lie that you need to be this by this, uh, you live a, a life with freedom. Amen. Awesome, man. Yeah. At church, you were there, but that was, felt like you were preaching there, pastor, so that's what you get. Ooh. Um, <laughs> that's what I get. <laughs> okay. Okay. So in response to that, too, I really appreciate that perspective. Um, and that biological part of it where, you know, I really heard you saying that adulting, you know, it's about being present and mm. having enjoyment and also that responsibility, um, you know, because if we're not responsible, um, and this is me springboarding a little past what you're saying, or in addition to a little further, and I know you'll work with me too. Um, if we don't meet our responsibilities, it hurts others, right? Our mm -hmm. real true responsibility our action mm -hmm. one. Um, you know, if, if uh, people's lives rely upon us standing our ground um, and not allowing people to pass by that may agree with us ideologically, then our responsibility is to stand that ground, right? Mm -hmm. um, if our responsibility is to, <laughs> to um, put on a mask, if our responsibility is to call sin by its name, even when it's sin that we like mm -hmm. up from the pulpit, you know, that's our responsibility when our it's or if our responsibility is to to not add uh, or act like the text says this even though it'd be convenient for me and making my point that's my responsibility mm. to keep that if my responsibility is to call this person even when they treat me like trash that's my responsibility um if my responsibility is to pay a debt that no one will think about that no one's going to bother me about you know that's mm. still my responsibility um, here's, here's a statement that I was reading in a great book, an okay book. It's a book. Um, it was helpful at certain times. It's called Jesus Mean and Wild by a guy named Mark Galley. Um, I'm finding J Dave Ortland's Gentle and Lowly to be much superior, but remember I talked about both these books last time we recorded. Um, yeah, yeah, you reading. So here, yeah. here's, here's one from Mean and Wild. He said, like many young pastors, I was afflicted with ungodly idealism is a quote. He said, I believe that a church made in my image, an image I was convinced was formed only by the Bible, deep theology, and my own uncommon spirituality was the church of God's dreams. I know you can resonate with this, Ruben. Is 
man, you know, the church is, I think it is as it should be. That's the real church. And anyone who's standing in the way of that, they're standing in the way of God, we may think. But then he quotes Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Theologian mm. Dietrich Bonhoeffer warned about such idealism in his own classic Life Together. Here's what Bonhoeffer said. He who loves his dream of community more than the Christian community itself becomes a destroyer of the latter, even though his personal intentions may ever be so honest and earnest and sacrificial and man. So he who loves his own dream of whatever it is, whatever it is, his own dream of your job, his own dream of marriage more than <laughs> their own marriage, right? Becomes a destroyer of the latter even though his personal intentions may ever be so honest and earnest and sacrificial, he who loves his own dream of the country more than the country itself wow. becomes a destroyer of the latter, even though his personal intentions may ever be so honest and earnest and sacrificial. He who Easy loves <laughs> anything, man, anything, man. You're, he who loves right. his dream of sexuality, he who loves his dream mm. Of, mm. Of, of financial success. Oh, that's a good one. He who loves his dream of financial success more than financial excess itself becomes, or maybe sustainability becomes a destroyer of the latter, even though Oof. his personal intentions may ever be so honest and earnest and sacrificial. I could do this all day. Maybe I shouldn't, but uh, what are your thoughts, Ruben? I, I agree. I mean, for starters, I love an offer like uh, reading his story and how he was so selfless in terms of not thinking about his own uh, privilege and advocating for people that were um, really unjustly treated which were the, the, the jewish i feel that he is uh he is he's showing in that statement that i mean adulting is really also connected with uh unselflessness you know like if you think that the war revolves about around you if you think that your dream is more important than anything else like it's not you know like let's let's be honest we think that the war some, sometimes we think like the world, um, it's uh, a small place, but no, it, it is it is a big place. We say a small world, but it's not. I mean, mm -hmm. there's many dreams and there's, ma uh, there's many dreams as there's many people. And there's many, uh, and those people have uh, the also the the wish and the desire to feel happiness. And and th that doesn't mean that because you have these feelings that, that invalidates their feelings. You know, there's people that are being oppressed. Their feelings are valid. And they need to be validated. There's people that have, uh, that have good desires, but I think that the point is that as you are growing up as an adult, as your prefrontal cortex develops more, you start realizing that the world is bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. And then um, that the sooner, uh, once again, that we realize that, that we are not the center of the universe and that's okay. That's okay. And we don't have to have everything figured out. And that's okay. And we don't have to uh, push our dreams as the most important thing um, in validating other people's dreams and, and purposes. Um, we're going to have a, a, a life that is worth living. I'm not I'm saying that other lives are not worth living, but in the, in the sense of fullness, in the sense yeah. of uh, uh, like not live not integrity being yourself fully integrated and present as you say rich present um mm -hmm. that's the the concept of mindfulness that goes beyond like eastern uh meditation or mis uh, eastern concepts uh, that, that the reality of mindfulness is being rooted in the present like mm -hmm. we're here right now i'm talking with my good friend rich 
and hopefully some people will listen and uh, this recording and right now i can breathe uh, air is fine in this office um, and just i can enjoy this moment and that part is re it was really difficult for me right now i'm still working on that but mm. um i'm thankful for the challenges in life that help me uh realize the the power of mindfulness yeah and i love the the mindfulness you bring up i think is a lot closer to shalom is a lot closer to that peace of of that david talks about that peace that god wants to be in each of our lives where in which we have the opportunity to not be wrapped up in the fear that Paul calls us not to be taken up by, or the despondence mm -hmm. that can also that the the despondence. So let's let's do this. You know, the there was God showed that there was a promised land. Twelve spies went forward. Ten came back with a negative report. They were despondent. They said the future is hopeless. This is awful. They looked at the future. And we're already borrowing the trouble and we're saying, this is how it will be. It will be negative. It will be awful, right? Um, mm -hmm. Instead of acknowledging that thing has not happened yet and that's not where we're at. Because in the present, they could have had the pleasure, the joy to enjoy and appreciate that there was massive fruit. <laughs> right? Um, why assume this awful thing's going to happen? It hasn't happened yet, right? Mm. there's no reason to go into anxiety there's no reason to worry about what hasn't yet happened because it hasn't happened here's what has happened we're here <laughs> right they went to the wilderness something great mm. has happened and there's incredible fruit available right um so let's trans i think it's appropriate transition to our moments of clarity um yeah i think it's important to be willing as as we're entering and becoming more mature as you're approaching or entering an adulting phase, maybe you've been adulting for a minute, maybe you want to improve how you operate with your responsibilities and your expectations and the expectations of others. Because listen, as an adult, part of your journey is um, transitioning from the expectations and guidelines that in a lot of ways were helpful and important and needed to help you move through to your current life phase. But also- mm -hmm. Unfortunately, because those who had expectations for you and with you uh, before your adult phase, they're human beings who are not perfect. And so there's mm. going to be baggage, right? There's going yes. to be, part of adulting is not just paying the bills. Part of adulting is recognizing you're, a, you're responsible for getting the help you need. Come on now. Selecting yes. and having your own help to better, to remove and parse the difference between appropriate and inappropriate expectations. Is yes. your responsibility just just uh, watching TV and or playing video games or working more? That's not going to fix this issue. We have to take time to think about it. And I reckon yes. we recommend um, consulting a qualified mental health professional to help us sort through your appropriate and appropriate expectations, anything that's been happening, what's going on in your system. Okay, but let's say this. It's important to be willing to sacrifice short-term satisfaction for long-term sustainability. Mm. That is important, okay? So working 
to, you know, not doing anything you want right now so that you can uh, be sustainable financially, emotionally, health-wise, long-term, that is appropriate and that is important. Yeah, That's part of adulting, it right? It it's is. healthy. However, we should base our joy and peace only on the most stable of future realities. We shouldn't be joy and filled with peace because we will be okay in 10 years financially. That's not a good reason, right? Um, like that's what I did. I was like, oh, I can, I can feel okay because assuming and hoping that this will work out for me financially and I'll have a job. Well, no, 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 no. That's not a stable reality. I mean, it's good. I'm glad I have this job. I'm glad to be pastoring, but have this calling, but heaven, <laughs> um, a pl eternal place with Jesus, um, the providence of God for me spiritually. These are the matters on which I should find my joy and peace long-term. And also, I should not procrastinate in finding joy in my current life experiences. So I think once you have that base of where I can feel at peace because God is providing, you know, not because I've mm. done my budgeting, but because he is with me and he's for me. Because listen, that mm. budget money can get stolen. You know, we shouldn't find peace because we live in America because America can fall. Mm. We shouldn't find peace because, um, because we let or go to such a great church because you can find out that things have been happening at your church you didn't know about, right? Um, enjoy your peace in this country, okay? Enjoy your financial stability. Enjoy these things while they're here. But we should find our ultimate joy in peace and an unchangeable divine reality. So yes. work for sustainability find peace in the ultimate reality and don't procrastinate in enjoying and smelling the flowers, the roses along the way with the understanding that that's all they are and they're going to pass and they won't be here. Wow. Uh, that's a big uh, moment of clarity, Rich. I, I think like, yeah, we usually try to feel that sacrificing long-term satisfaction for long-term sustainability. It's like a, a way to go, which it's okay. Um, but let's not miss the most important thing of life that is life itself you know it's a miracle mm -hmm. and yes. it's a gift and it brings opportunities even in the middle of those sacrifices uh, that we need to s s like enjoy them uh, as they come and be mindful present uh, intentional in in just trying to absorb and receive as much as we can from that so in my case uh um there's this uh common phrase that uh it's it it says um fake it until you make it i realized mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of a joke you know fake it until you make it so many people when they start their first job like that's the first advice fake it until you make it and i kind of agree you know like sometimes like uh, my first uh, weeks of ministry i had to fake it until i make it uh, ask my people how do you do the usual things i just want to check on you and see how things are done in this context but actually what i was saying is i don't know what to do just tell me how you, you are doing it <laughs> and um i think that helped me uh to understand that we adults don't have everything figured out because i am i was an adult i was considered a pastor i was like a, a leader in that context and i didn't know what i was doing but that didn't mean that i was not capable of it that meant that, that meant that I didn't know, uh, I didn't learn the ropes yet, but uh, I'm capable. And so are you that are listening. You are capable of learning the ropes. And 
So I will try to tweak it a little bit. Is uh, uh, make it until you make it, I guess, or, or try it until you make it. Don't give up because you will make it. Because if we look back, if you look back in your life, you're going to realize that there were times, and I'm pretty sure more than once, where you saw that things were impossible, yet you made it. Uh, so in this case, if you are trying to look in the future and it seems so daunting and so uncertain, just uh, do it uh, just one step at a time. Just mm -hmm. one step at a time sometimes half a step at a time sometimes one inch at a time but we are progressing and as you are progressing slowly that is a sign of health yesterday we were talking with a friend a pastor friend uh, rich was there too and and, and and she said you know i i consider healthy people not as people that are perfect but people that are actually working on something and that was a word Yeah, so I just remember it right now. So may you be that person that is healthy, not because you don't have any problems, but you are journeying in the path of progress and movement and wholeness. That's my moment of clarity. Just fake it until you make it. Um, you'll be fine because you made it in the past and you'll make it in the future because that's how God created you. Rich, now it's your time to close us with, uh, with a benediction. You're really awesome at those. Um, let's go. All right. Well, you feature heavily in this benediction. Um, let's do it. May you choose sustainability over gratification. May you enter and continue a path of progress and movement forward even if it is only inch by inch sometimes may you find peace in what is eternal not temporary and may you find joy in the temporary blessings currently available to you perfect beautiful and in this opportunity we are thankful that you are listening to us if you are in the path of adulting if you are an adult already uh, i hope that this uh, was an episode that helped you um, you can connect with us we have a twitter account both of us uh, and you can also rate and review you should rate and review um, this podcast and stay tuned because there's more coming Uh, thank you for giving us an opportunity of being part of your life for this episode. Um, we'll see you guys soon. I'm Ruben. And I'm Rich. And this was Clarity. Clarity.